Everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sig Marxism Podcast. I am your host, Sam. This episode, as always, will be edited by Rich. Thank you so much, Rich. And of course, I am being joined by Alex and Danny. Alex, how are you doing today? Let's start with you. Oh, I see how it is. <laughs> well, well, you get to be the uh, the the, you you get... know, the real prince of the podcast a bit later, Danny. So, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I see how it is. We're, we're, yeah. we're going for the we're going for the equal uh, audio time, you know. Sam, That's I'm just surprised that you didn't try to win brownie points by having me go first, you know? <laughs> no, no, I'm a, a fair judge. Was that line from 300? I am a benevolent god sort of deal. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a benevolent host. <laughs> I'm a generous god is, is the line. Oh, that's it. I'm a generous. I'm, I, I am a generous host. Uh, however you fuck he does that voice. <laughs> I guess that makes me the snarky parasite. But yeah, so uh, welcome. I, I'm Alex and... Yeah, now, 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 Danny, you introduce yourself. Oh shit! I, I, Alex has taken Sam's goodwill and just absolutely trashed it by trying to use it for his own. Ooh, now I'm, I'm, I'm Danny. Uh, we're chilling out. We here. We out here. Uh, we doing stuff. Uh, I got drunk last night and watched the Democratic debates. Uh, same, it was fun. same. <laughs> Bernie, I actually, I actually watched the Chapo stream of it, but it was, it was pretty entertaining. Uh. Oh, how was that? Uh, didn't they also do like a drunk uh, watch of the DNC debate? Yeah, they they did. It was it was pre- it was pretty good. Um, I mean, you still got to got to see Bernie own everyone and Biden uh, flail about. Um, uh, definitely, the best part of the night was when Biden was my time is up and just stopped talking because <laughs> 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 he did not know what he was doing. When he um, told the moderators, "I'm out of time." That yeah, was, that was a beautiful moment. Yeah, that was right after the Kamala Harris uh, roasting of him. Yeah, which, which one? Fuck Kamala Harris, because uh, she is a turf and a cop. So screw that. But it was fun to watch Biden basically just like totally flounder like the useless old man that he is. So that was satisfying. It was also fun to watch Marianne Williamson cast a love spell on a uh, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> she she was just such a wild card in that debate, and I kind of loved it because like. It was just someone coming out of left field and just like completely different line of thinking where everyone was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of felt like uh, the, the the libertarian uh, convention, you know, when you always get like all those crazy guys who are like, I don't think I, I think I should be able to marry my infant daughter and, <laughs> and, and as well as my gun in a polyamorous relationship. And you just get like total like nut jobs like that that show up at the libertarian thing. But except this one showed up at like a national broadcast DNC where she's talking about the power of love and how to overcome hate. It was like, Donald Trump, you don't have the power of love. And that was just that was beautiful. Um, she was she was definitely the highlight. Most disappointing performance, I think, was Yang. I, I thought Yang did all right, but like. He started he spoke talking like about, three times. Yeah, he spoke like three times, and one of them was talking about Russia. And I was like, dude, like, why, why you gotta die on that hill? Like, that's like the dumbest hill to die on. Talk more about UBI. Like, that's what people like you for. Don't, don't talk about Russia because Russia's, Russia's like 
no one wants to hear about Russia anymore. Remember when he tried to when they asked uh, Andrew Yang like what he thought was like the most important uh, threat face existential threat facing America, and then he brought up his UBI plan, and the audience laughed at him. Yeah, that oh, was that was sad. Yeah. All I all I have to say was it was very suspicious when they were just like, "Hey, Andrew Yang, what's your opinions on China?" And it was like, "Jesus fucking Christ!" <laughs> yeah, the the one time they go back to Yang. Uh, no, no, they didn't. That was uh, oh fuck number. I think he was just asking. No, that that was the question where they were. How would you repair our? What's the first thing you ally you'd repair your relationship with? And he said China. So. They, I mean, the I embassy. Thought, I thought that he said. I thought that he. I thought that was specifically about China. I don't know. Okay, Rich, roll the clip. On this, on the issue of China, you have, you've expressed a lot of concerns about technology and taking jobs. Are you worried about China? And if so, how would you stand up against it? Well, I just want to agree that I think Russia is our greatest geopolitical threat because they've been hacking our democracy successfully, and they've been laughing their asses off about it for the last couple of years. So we should. So that's the DNC debate. Uh, Alex was uh, sleeping through it, um, not enjoying the shit posting we were doing on the Discord, uh, venting about how fucking angry we were the entire time. Um, other than sleeping yeah, we through need the to DNC debate, the tyranny of time zones um, really, yeah. really gets on my nerves. I think we should go back to the Ottoman way of doing time, where basically you have like a, you know how today where you have like the work schedule and it's like you have to get up at a certain hour and stuff. In the Ottoman time zone, you can get up whenever the fuck you wanted. But you still had like an X amount of work to do. So like if I wanted to get up at 10 and then still uh, do a bunch of work and then after that go to go to sleep like eight hours later, I could do that. But but here you can't do that. I can't, I'd be late for work. Uh, Alex, other than missing the DNC debate, uh, what have you been up to? No, um, I've just been busy on my course, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not even that uh, caught up on the uh, the current uh, conservative uh, p- party race that's going on right now. Aside from the fact that, um, uh, basically, Boris Johnson has been accused of, uh, quite rightly, of, of maintaining radio silence during when all his other rivals are kind of knifing each other and shiving themselves in the back, and it's like a big battle royale, and he's just like hidden in the corner, hoping no one will notice how much of a prick. He is. But yeah. he has now kind of come out in 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 full force of the media. Um, mm-hmm. This is like bizarre, actually. Another clip you can roll, uh, Rich, where he describes his his weird um, DIY bus hobby. What do you do to relax? What do you do to switch off? Uh, I I well, I like to paint. Um, oh, I make things. I like to. What do you make? I make. I have a thing where I make models of buses. You make models of buses. I make models of buses. See, they're going to be in Downing Street. So, so what I do? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I <Yes>. remember the. <laughs> it's like you might, have to link, you might have to link that in the chat after this because like, I want to hear. It's just like imagine Warhammer but shitter. Like you're just you're <laughs> building. <laughs> like Much imagine lamer. if if you got like a um uh like a, a a box of of Warhammer stuff for Christmas and then you just like chucked all the sprues out and then started out of that cardboard box building a bus. And that's what you've got with, um, uh, you know, Boris Johnson. With Boris Johnson. <laughs> Except in his case, one of those sprues probably like hit his um, uh, immigrant cleaner in the eye, and then the family paid <laughs> her off so they wouldn't sue her. Like that's the kind of scumbag that you're dealing with with Boris. But anyway, so um, it's between him and Jeremy Hunt right now, and it is okay. kind of the classic. The um, and I put you know uh, rabbit ears or the speech marks around this. The acceptable face of cunt in Jeremy Hunt, and it is mm. in, indeed quite funny that he. 
uh, remarked that he was quite tired of constantly people um, not only calling him cunt, but mistakenly calling him cunt. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know the word has a different connotation in the United States where it, yeah. it, it is used in a more misogynistic context. Yeah. Um, it's more commonly thrown around in the UK. And I don't feel particularly bad calling uh, Jeremy Hunt. Uh, I, I think, yeah. But- yeah. Even by U.S. standards, I'm like, oh, we're pretty okay with that. Yes. Um, and <laughs> from, from what I know about Jeremy Hunt, uh, he definitely deserves the title. Yeah, yeah, it is quite funny that he was trying to drum up sympathy about being bullied uh, for his name when he was going to boarding school. And it's like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was barely going to boarding school and uh, being very rich and, just, you know, they didn't let they stole my golden spoons all the time. And I just kept getting What's, owned. Wait, da- Danny, we're. Danny, were you trying to do like a Trump accent, like a Trump voice? But then I was trying like, to do oh, some yeah, kind of accent. I don't fucking know how they speak over there. It's crazy land. What they speak over there? <laughs> As you talk to Alex, what the fuck do they say over there? Who knows? Just chips and butties and that kind of thing. I think. Um, I, I don't. I don't See listen savages. to the fish and chips. Uh, BBC. Uh, Doctor Who. Uh, you know, all all the same around here. Cheerio. <laughs> That was like a Dick Van Dyke, like a uh, Cockney accent. Jesus. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, I love the Dick Van Dyke accent. It's the greatest. <laughs> so historically accurate. Just like male space marines, apparently. Oh, got him. Dabs. Apparently. Here we go. Oh, okay. We're getting a little ahead. I just want to bring up the Boris Johnson said like anytime after October, at least the water will still be running, and like that's <laughs> that's the best uh, bu- proponent of Brexit has to offer. It's like, well, there'll still be running water at least. Like it, it will be much harder to clean the guillotines without water. So he does have a point there. So yeah. maybe Boris Johnson is like a undercover Posadist or some shit like that. Personally, I like the theory that Boris Johnson is actually just Boris Yeltsin back from the grave. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that would explain the terrible fucking wig. <laughs> I just want him to uh, to marry his partner and then get divorced so we can call him Bojo Divorce Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bojo I want him to turn into a horse so we can call him Bojack Horseman. <laughs> Fuck it. Damn it. You should have that said that even one a joke. so I could... <laughs> that wasn't even a joke. That was just like, oh, I hope we can... I'm joking my joke. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, after I like stuck he, the jokes out of the podcast. That, that was like an anti-joke. Yeah, I can't wait to call him James Cameron. It's just like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, wait, did you mean David let, Cameron? Don't let go, Jack. Don't don't let go, Brexit. Don't nah, let I go. Wanted, nah, I wanted James Cameron because it's totally unrelated. And I don't know why James Cameron always comes to my mind. Probably because of Marion Williamson and how much she loves Avatar. Is why <laughs> ah. James Cameron is back on my mind. Okay, well, at the time of this recording... <laughs> Uh, Warhammer Day is coming up pretty soon. So at this time, you know, there's going to be like the Sister Superior model. They're finally releasing their first uh, plastic sister model for like $35, $40. And she's just like in a total static pose, just standing on like a stone plinth. She's just T-posed. Yeah. (laughs) I wish she was T-posed. Then the model would be cooler. Uh, no, I've been milking that reveal for a long time. (laughs) How many times can you reveal the same model? Yeah, uh, yeah. First, we had the 3D, the CAD printing of it, and then we have like, oh, here's the the naked sprue, and now here she is printed. Oh, now you're gonna be able to buy her for thirty five, forty dollars. Aren't you excited? Aren't you excited for sisters? I mean, like sisters are cool. Uh, I do want them to eventually come into plastic, but it's just like they've been milking this so fucking hard. They've been, oh, I'm just like, just release the sisters of battle already. It's uh, and released the Sylvaneth Codex in the Renegades Knights Codex. So they're 
yeah, I think GW, like the trade war is really hurting them more than they like to admit. And they're just kind of milking what little that they have to uh, just <laughs> fill in the time until the trade war ends. Yeah, if if war cry gets delayed, then I will cry. Not very warlike, just just cry. I think. Yeah, they do do that. Yeah, like I think June, all they had was just the the apocalypse bundles and fucking contrast. And contrast paints kind of suck. So <laughs> I've been hearing that more and more. Hot, yeah, hot take. Contrast paints are pretty terrible. They're good for uh, terrain and stuff, stuff that you don't really care about looking nice. And you just want to do it quickly, so you have like painted terrain. But using it for to actually paint your minis and stuff, it's it's fucking awful. I'd rather literally just dump a thing of Drukey Violet or Drakenhof Nightshade on my miniature than use contrast. It's also a better bang for buck too. Contrast paints are trash. I'm all about the Sandinista paints. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn, you're with the puns today. Ah, oh, here yeah. we go. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, well, Alex, what's going on at Age of Sigmar before I mercilessly dunk on it for sucking as much as it does? Ooh. Uh, well, there's, there's a lot going on. There's just the most going on, I would say. Um, but yes, so the General's Handbook is coming. Um, it is kind of nice that um, they have this uh, consistent rebalancing of it. But from the leaks shown, the most recent problematic armies that are kind of dominating the meta, which is the Skaven and the Flesh Eater Courts, have not been hit very hard. No, they haven't been touched at all. It's it, it maybe like I, I think they've changed the structure of points now, where they're they're like um, removable. So that might be a sign that they are going to uh, more embrace this kind of like patching culture of hmm. um uh down the line, like not even waiting until the end of this year that they, they will kind of um, step in and and do some points uh, changes here and there. Because like it, you may not know about um. Age of Sigmar, but uh, let's, uh, you know, 100 or so points being the average for a hero. And then you might, that might be for a, a, like a two, a, a single cast wizard. And then they've got like the Grey Seers, which are Skaven wizards, and they can cast two spells and they're like 140 points or something. It, 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 actually, no, that might be even 120. They're extremely cheap and really good. And yeah, it just need, it, it needs a rebalance. Is is. It does seem that GW has been willing to tackle kind of just like zap certain things because like even in 40k that they finally nerfed the uh, Castellan, the Imperial Knight Castellan, like they did that through an FAQ instead of their usual route, which is chapter approved, which was very unusual, but uh, appreciated. So uh, there is a good chance that maybe in a month or two, Age of Sigmar might receive something where Flesh Eater Quartz and Skaven just kind of get the nerf bat. 40, uh, 40k there's been not too much we just kind of have our renegade knights which we're hoping for we have the apocalypse bundles coming out which i'm looking forward to uh, i definitely want the guard one because that one is really nice uh the knight one is nice because you literally just get a castle and an arm helferins for free so which is pretty cool and then uh we have the apocalypse coming out uh, so that'll be coming out next week as of the time of this recording it looks interesting um, it definitely seems like it might solve one of 40k's larger problems, which is how the importance of alpha strikes and going first. So we'll have to see about that. So it'll be interesting. I definitely have the enough space brains to go with that. So I'll definitely be giving that a shot whenever that comes out. And when it does, and when I try it, I will let you know what I think. So now, the important bit. The only thing that really matters. Uh, Alex and I have always, uh, we've maintained a... Tense piece, uh, I would call it, Alex. It's Kramer versus Kramer, really. Um, it, yeah, exactly. Uh, so wait, which one's Meryl's 
Which one's Meryl Streep? Which one's Dustin Hoffman then? Oh god. Oh well, Dibs on Meryl. Dustin Hoffman's like a horrible method acting idiot. Like, you guys are both wrong. They're both Kramer from Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. <laughs> he's, he's worse. Yeah, yeah. Look up Kramer says the N word on YouTube. Oh, Jesus. Uh, we've had a we've had a mild piece between the the forty k side and the age of uh, the right side and the wrong side uh, and the leftist side. You mean the the right side, which is uh, the right wing forty k versus the leftist age of Sigma? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to call it that. <laughs> there's uh the right as in correct side so but Danny, on the other hand is just our wee baby boy uh he's still young new to the world uh he's just taking his first steps you know in general in real life you know just just so you know i can't i can't actually walk in real life sam don't feel too bad <laughs> no no <laughs> oh no it's turning into a mess already so anyways so we have the Danny has to decide between Warhammer 40k and Age of Sigmar. Uh, we have opening statements prepared, and then after that, Danny will quiz us as he, his Zoomer mind will allow him. And then we'll have closing site statements, and that shall be that. And then Danny will let us know maybe like a week or two. You know, no need to rush to jump to decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Danny will cruelly await. Uh, Cruelly hold the answer above Alex and I's head, probably getting us to do ever increasing uh, acts of ridiculousness, like barking like a dog or whatever. Uh, anyway, so youth before wisdom, uh, Alex, you will go first. All right, so let me just give you my 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 my, my general thoughts and opening statement as to why you should choose the correct choice. What is war game? The word war game oh. is impossible to define. Scholars have long since agreed and kept that out of the dictionary. It exists thus in a liminal, intangible space, which is where you currently are, Danny. It is my task, nay, duty, nay, honour, nay, duty, to assist you in the choice of <laughs> oh, what you'll buy into in the hobby. <laughs> As my esteemed colleague is forwarding the case of 40k, I'd like to turn your attention to Age of Sigma, which I believe to be the superior Zuma choice. Out of respect for our grimdark game for boomers, I'll outline my case as it corresponds to the very relevant thing in the law, the four humours. <laughs> the humour one, blood. For the sanguine, Age of Sigma has carved out a place which is distinct law-wise from Warhammer 40k and, and Fantasy Battles. Mortal Realms are a vast setting, permissive enough to function as sandbox with fun stories to tell. It's not even four years old, but it's amassed an exciting and varied foundation for story. Rather than a stagnant future, where the only sense of momentum is the periodic return of some ten-foot-tall angry daddy, do you want to play a game with a strong, virile heartbeat, or one whose BPM is dwindling? Humor 2, Black Bile for the Melancholic, the Analytical. It is a much disputed by eight and ninth ages fact, but AOS is the most ketogenic war game. If one considers <laughs> raw bloat, empty carbohydrates, AOS distinguishes itself <laughs> from its pasta guzzling sibling by having streamlined core rules that can be understood quickly, but with enough flavor to allow individual units and individual playstyles to flourish. Every time you paint a dryad, your brain is practically metabolizing ketones. <laughs> Humor three. Phlegm for the phlegmatic. AOS lore and its community is constructed in such a way that it welcomes not just the cis white male space marine groupie. After an almost literal bloodletting in the form of the end times, the fancy gatekeepers and chuds have been expelled. Let me ask you, are Sargon, Arch Warhammer and the Golden One AOS players? No, because they're creaming it over stern dads with shoulder pads. 
Mm-hmm. And lastly, we get to Humor 4, which, as we all know, is Ringo Starr. When I tell people my favorite Beatles is Ringo Starr, they freak their beans. And this is where AOS is. It is the Ringo Starr, the hipster choice. Do you want to be a John Lennon normie or your own man? And I'll leave you with a quote from Sig Marx himself. There is a spectre haunting nerddom. The Spectre of Age of Sigmarxism. Ooh, man. Ha- ha- I need ha- to read ha- having you read Horace Rising was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is probably like the 100th episode in a row that you've mentioned, like this, the four humors. It, he keeps trying to plug it. He keeps trying to do it. I think it's getting to me. It's getting to me, though. Like, well, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a classically trained uh, you know, medical professional. I've got to use my wear somehow. Uh, also, Ringo, Ringo Starr's not like the hipster choice. That's George Harrison. Ringo Starr's well, like no, he, George Harrison funded um, Life of Brian. That kind of gives him this extra cred that the, the people the people really like. I mean, George Harrison also uh, funded Jodorowsky's uh, The Holy Mountain. He was supposed oh. to star in it too. Okay, fine. Let's let's say Ring, um, Ringo Starr is AOS, and then uh, George Harrison is Blood Bowl. Like, if if Blood Bowl's in this, then sure, Blood Bowl wins. It's cooler. It's hipster. But we're we're, uh, we're arguing between the the two the two more normy choices. But what is a lot mm. more normy is my point. All right, all right, all right. Let's hear your opening statement then. All righty, okay. I have to clear my throat of all that garbage I just heard. (coughs) Or do you listen through your throat as well as tell sound emojis? (laughs) 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 Sam is bad with the anatomies. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary listeners of the podcast, Danny, this is not merely an argument for which plastic figures our beloved Danny will collect. This is a fight for the very soul of war gamers everywhere. On one hand, we have the fine, virtuous miniatures from the world of Warhammer 40k, a universe that has stood the test of time from writers both good and bad, continue to be beloved by people all across the globe, ages and genders, Size male, female, non-binary, trans. The, the, the Space Marine is a malleable symbol that personifies the strength and durability of the world in the tabletop game. In the other corner, we have the Usurper, Age of Sukmar, an, a game that annihilated the beloved world of Warhammer Fantasy in order to make room for its abundance in lazy writing and poor decision-making. The term, your guys, is a Game Workshop staple that has been around for, well, as long as I can remember. It is a signifier that gives the players the creative freedom to make something entirely their own. When it comes to 40k, the universe is just so expansive and varied that it would be impossible for the writers in numerous books to even cover a fraction of what goes on in that universe. Of course, 40k has an esteemed lineage of great stories upon which to come up with your own armies, characters, worlds for you, Danny, to work on. We've got Armageddon, Horse Harris, Eisenhorn, Gaunt's Ghost, Age of Apostasy, Fall of Eldar. I could go on and on and on, but then Alex wouldn't have any more time to make his poor points with his poor excuse of a fantasy world. 40k is a world so layered and filled with nuance that you can do anything your heart can imagine. Fill them edges of the galaxy. Age of Sigma, on the other hand, a cheap knockoff of North mythology whose poster boys are so inadequate they've fit, seen fit to ape off of our beloved Ultramarines. Let me tell you, listeners of the podcast, your guys do not exist in Age of Sigmar because these realms are so expansive 
and room for you to grow. It is because the world is hollow and devoid of creativity. The Age of Sigma team is trying to move their creative labor onto you, the war gamer, the player. Since there is so little they've managed to do or accomplish within their years that they've been able to get rid of the rich, detailed world of Warhammer fantasy. Now, of course, we're all familiar with squatting. It was an unfortunate happenstance in the early days of Warhammer 40k where we got rid of our emperor-beloved squats. A mistake, to be sure. However, to make the abomination known as Age of Sigmar, they squatted not one, but two beloved factions of Warhammer fantasy in order to make room for their Sigmarines. Now, let me tell you something, listener. This game's workshop will promise you they ain't gonna squat no more factions. What happens if character and overlords suddenly don't make the sales? Adonith Deepkin? Your Magakin Nurgle? What if suddenly they ain't making the, the, the grade? What's to stop them? Warhammer 40k in all of its years has only had one squatting. They did two within their years of the end times. Age of Sigma is not stable. There's no stability underneath them ground. It is built on a rocky foundation that will crumble as soon as any weight is put onto it. Now, I promise you this. Your armies are not safe. Your hard hours, your thousands of dollars are not safe. They could be squatted at any time, anywhere. They are not safe from the realms and hatred of Games Workshop. Now, today, listeners, after I calm myself, I will undoubtedly demonstrate that Warhammer 4K is not only is a superior tabletop game, but truly the only choice when it comes to tabletop gaming. World of Warhammer 40k can be dark and horrifying, but hell, that's the appeal. There's room for pathos within this galaxy, and the only limit is your imagination. I get, I, I can see the floor. Ooh, I, I like it, I like it. Alright, so, uh, before we continue, I just wanted to give out some of the requirements for my faction. I think you both made very great opening statements, uh, and some very informative thinking emojis I've come up with, you know? I, I've been thinking about this. This is a lot of thinking. So, the requirements for my faction, there's a couple things. You gotta be rooting. You gotta be tooting. You gotta be shooting. But most importantly, you gotta be kind. And also badass. Also badass. So, uh, this next part, uh, I'm gonna be stealing a little bit of a bit. I don't know if you guys heard from Whose Line Is It Anyway with um, The Bachelor Game. So, Sam, you're gonna be Bachelor number one. And Alex is bachelor number two. I'm going to ask you some questions and, uh, you know, fight for your faction, you see. So for Sam, question one. As a Zoomer, I play a lot of Fortnite. Uh, if your faction had one weapon from Fortnite, what would it be? Oh, that's an easy one. Of course, it would be the Gatling gun because it is heavy and firepower and strikes with all the Emperor's fury against the Xenos and the heretics and especially them, those goddamn Sigmarines. It is, of course, the Gatling gun. It is unparalleled in its ability to destroy both scenery and enemies. All right. All right. You, you're getting me to do the, the southern accent now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Batch number two, Alex. As a furry, LGBT rights are big for me. How does your faction have the biggest homosex, and why? The homosex. Well, I think that uh, the the uh, quantity of sentient beings who can be described as envy in Age of Sigma is staggering. We have an entire faction of lizard people, not lizard men, as they were in the regressive old word. They are now the transcendent seraphon, and they will uh, th they will fulfill every heart's desire of the obliteration of gender. But yet, aren't the Seraphon summoned by Slan, which are, as, as heavily coded, male? 
I mean, yeah, that, that's presumptuous. What makes you say they're male? Uh, the fucking battle tome, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, Age of Sigmar writers, much like 40k writers, are not especially good at using pronouns. But let let let's let's put that aside about the um the the, the less than ideal um inability to use they where uh, non non binary genders would be more appropriate. What aside from that is any evidence of Slan having a gender? Are you saying that because they're you know because they're they're portly they, they like sitting around they they like drinking a good beer doing a bit of magic? Is that an inherently male trait to you? I'm reading it because the battle tome says that as well as any stories involving the slan, including the Skaven Battle Tome, uh, Flesh Eater Quartz Battle Tome, and the recently released Blades of Corn Battle Tome, and referring the slan as male-coded. If not directly using male pronouns, they are certainly male-coded. And of course, but you you have still failed to say which one has provided the most homosex faction, which of course, obviously, in 40k universe would be the Imperial Guard, because the Imperial Guard is a mixed is a mixed unit, as of course they provide any heterosexual or homosexual fellatio intercourse that you would like. Anyways, I mean that's the case with. Well, here's the thing: you were making fun of uh, AOS for having um, a sandbox of places to imagine, but that is the exact same thing that you have with the free cities. And I'm pretty sure that you could, within the law, invent one which does uh, fulfill your every excessive whim and not have it fall to Slanesh because that's a cheap kind of. Um, uh, conflation of sexuality with deviancy. Do you have that, is- that in 40k? No, because they would fall to Slanesh because those are the rules of the world. Ooh, he's gotcha. As a, uh, you do not have me because in the Cyphus Kane books, as well as the Armageddon books, there are numerous homosexual relationships between both two men who have loving, non slanesh related re- enjoying to each other. Now, could there be more? Oh, I am certainly agree that there could be more. It is a fa- it is a problem within both of our universes. However, the guard is a standard stellar example of having both homosexual, bisexual, heterosexual relationships within their works. Yeah, that no, that's that's and I wasn't saying that the uh, the presence of of homosexuality itself is is what is conflated with the nesh. It is specifically a kind of a um the conflation of uh of basically having a good time with excess that that leads to chaos. And I think that 40k has a more ingrained... I mean, like, what is the backstory to uh, to Slanesh in 40k? That people had too much fun, right? And then what is the backstory of Slanesh in AOS? Um, A a god that exists for for millennia, along with the other four, that has um, attempted to genocide an entire race. The the placement of of this is, is kind of reversed. So you're you're framing it in very different ways. All I can say is cocaine is a hell of a drug. Anyways, Mr. Danny, have you got any more questions for Bachelor One since Bachelor Two seems to be a little bit on the defensive side? Ooh, I don't know. I I got one for you. This is actually going back to you. Uh, we got a couple more after this, and then we'll break into questions for both of you bachelors. But Bachelor Number One, forty k is is dark and spooky, and I get scared easily. How would playing your faction make 40k less scary? Uh, well, since we are sticking with the Imperial Guard, as I say there are numerous lap moments, of course, on training camps, able to exist on hive cities, rural worlds, agri-worlds, agri- forge worlds. It's like there is no need to have a story about combat when you're talking about the Imperial Guard. You're simply able to have a story. You could you could have a goddamn Richard Linklater film with about the Imperial Guard movie where nothing absolutely happens. 
people just talk about their feelings and emotions while going philosophically about things they don't quite understand. You got any responses to that, Alex? I mean, this is all this really is is sophistry. I say sophistry again because the the thing is this kind of structure of of narrative uh, placement where you can uh, you can set a story of, of people living ordinary and even pleasant lives. It absolutely exists in Age of Sigma. You just don't have as uh, as many years of constant literature that really kind of uh, embodies all of the facets of this. It's not like this is an impossible thing to to have in Age of Sigma in any way. And in in most cases, of course, the it's common to to mention that the tone of the world is that uh, 40k is a lot more pessimistic and grim and bleak, where any kind of happiness or success, in order to kind of maintain the tone, has to be undercut with a fatalistic downer, which is not the case in Age of Sigma. It's got a point. All right, this next question is for Bachelor number two. Uh, I like to be on the cutting edge of technology. Why would I play Age of Sigmar if it's set in the past with primitive tools and whatnot? Okay, well, when you ask for cutting edge, I think there are two different uh, directions we can go in this. We can talk about the cutting edge of technology that exists in Silicon Valley, which is embodied in the Skaven, which is an ANCAP uh, dystopia of people fucking each other over and things being extremely technologically savvy, but just not working out very well. Of course, on the other hand, if you wish to really I- I- embrace a utopian view of superior technology, you go with someone like the uh, the Stormcast Eternals, or perhaps the Karadron Overlords, if you are, um, let's say, uh, able to accept the more libertarian themes that are inherent with the latter. But you get floating balloon dwarfs with uh, flying ships. That's pretty fun. I mean, who doesn't want a blimp crossed with a pirate ship? Um, surely the most flammable thing alive, and yet very few of them catch fire. I uh, I invite you to answer that one. Do I get a response time? Or you you do you do? Uh, my time is up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I'm off to paint my b- uh, bosses of boxes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, of course you have that pitiable excuse of a technology. We of course have upon legions and legions of tanks where it is limited. Their technology is limited to only a few factions. If you want as much technology as possible, the most the most untechnological ones are of course the Tyranids. However, you have you don't have to worry about picking a faction that doesn't have your high guns, giant robots, giant shorts, and of course big ass guns. If you want that, you can go with any faction. Not, of course, just my best faction in the Imperial Guard, where you can summon a Warlord Knight, the Warlord Titan, Warhound Titan, Reaver Titan, Lehman Rust Tanks, Executioner, Vanquisher, Demolisher, Battle Tank, Commander, Hydra, Wyvern, Chimera, Hellhound, Wolf. It's like, and I can on and on with the amount of technology that the Imperial Guard have and are able to summon within their very fingertips at the drop of a hat. He goes, there, of course, technology is it does exist, so I'm not going to deny that. That would just be denying the facts. However, the amount of technology is completely pitiable and, honestly, hilarious that he would even try to compete against the firepower in existence of technology in the 41st millennium. Well, well, well answer me this, Mr. Bachelor, if that is your real name. Um, or perhaps I should use your, real na- your first name, one. Um, so answer me this. If tanks are so good, and tanks are really just metal boxes, is that not correct? And yet you claim to think outside the box. Is this not a contradiction in terms, liberal? That's just going for that's just going for the pure semantics of it. Uh, I rich have this stricken from the court. Are you uh, saying you're anti-semantic? 
Of course, yeah, of course, I'm anti-semantic. It's like you, you <laughs> unconsciousable fantasy-loving douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think I think I've got him. Um, so we we can move on. Owned is all I have to say. But also, um, <clears throat> all right, we're gonna do we're, these last three are for all of you. So first one, Minecraft was my childhood. I love Minecraft. I love everything about it. How would your faction plan to win the Minecraft Hunger Game? We can start with, uh, I believe, Bachelor Number One. <laughs> well, of course, the Imperial Guard are able to te- summon an ungodly amount of firepower that is within the realms of Minecraft. Much more than that. They, of course, all about crafting, forging of worlds entirely. It is like, that is simply that. Ungodly amount of firepower, able to forge anything that they need within a moment's time, using all the ore, metals, and furnaces that they need. Ah, bachelor number two. Well, as a um, an enlightened individual who has never played Minecraft, I cannot pretend to know the rules of this strange game of mining and crafting. Um, though you know, I, I, I of course let you respect your your hero Notch, um, who I'm sure is completely unproblematic. Um, <laughs> but. It is said that you are never more than 10 feet away from a Skaven in the mortal realms, which definitely uh, logically entails that whoever is by the keyboard playing their computer is in the vicinity of a Skaven assassin. And I think if I were to uh, persuade such an assassin to make the right call in this endeavor, um, you would not be playing Minecraft for very long. Um, So what I'm saying is uh, you will get killed um, in Minecraft for Minecraft. Uh, it seems that he's trying to shit on your Minecraft roots, of course, suggesting that you deserve death for trying to play your wonderful childhood game, Danny. And I, I must suggested say, nothing I, of the sort. I, I am quite appalled by this, and refu- uh, of course, claiming that they're ru- claiming to be within the burrows, it sounds to me like he's a creeper, and I think I can speak for every Imperial Guard or Minecraft player. Nobody likes a fucking creeper. Well, you know, uh, so much for the tolerant left. There's some good points there, some good points there. Still thinking, still having it brew in my brain a little bit. Alex, you know, I love history. I love it so much. We love it, don't we do? We all do. We have the best history, the best. So why is your faction the most historically accurate? Well, uh, because, I, I'm, I'm uh, bear with me, I'm going to extrapolate a bit, uh, not in past history, but in future history, which is a definitely true phrase that I know because I'm a history scientist. Um, we, of course, in about uh, 50 years, uh, are all going to die of climate catastrophe. We will experience our own end times. And uh, say what you want about the Age of Sigma, but it has more end times than possibly any other f- uh, setting of fantasy. So I think the the greatest element of historical accuracy is in the total destruction of civilizations um, and the eventual springing forth of new and interesting and different ones. Um, so I will say this is the most historically accurate thing. And I expect that in 20 years' time, uh, we will all be either nuclear bombed to death when the Posadists uh, get their plan over on us, or simply die from climate change. Uh, Sam, how is your faction the most historically accurate? Well, of course, the proud and charming Imperial Guard are based off of a number of factions that have existed inside of the 20th century that we know as. Of course, we have the Death Corps of Krieg, who, used mm-hmm. the, who, who while used the German word for Krieg War, are their de- designs are based off of World War One French uniforms and gas masks. Mm-hmm. We, of course, have the Val- Val- <laughs> Valhallens. Based off, who are based off of the Soviets, Fostorians, which are more the Cossacks, 
Uh, we also have the Mordians, who are kind of more, what I would say, British Cadians, which are just kind of more British Special Forces, because goddamn, those Games Workshop don't love showing off the firepower of the British Special Forces. We have the Steel Legion, which is more closer to Africa Corps, German World War II sort of style. Uh, we have the numerous ones that are made. But uh, yeah, the Imperial Guard, of course, based off of several historical vehicles, such as the Lehman Russ using the chassis of the original World War I tank. Waverns and Hydras, all based off of modern anti-aircraft and more technology, etc., etc., the Imperial Guard is not based off of history. It is history. Mm. Its models certainly are. Ooh. So, of course they are. Ooh. All right. Well, if we're taking these kinds of leaps of logic, should I then infer from your defense of the uh, the various military powers that the Imperial Guard is based on? And the best thing about history is its military. Are you going to be bootlicking now? It's, it's certainly not the best element, but it is based off of history, Wait. as the question as the question required. And uh, that is all I answered with. All right, damn, this is getting this is getting heated in here. I like it. I'm cooking. We're get, got a little <laughs> stir fry pan going on. We cook it. We're cooking. All right, final question. And I'll go to Sam first. Sam, I'm a big politics head brain. How would your <laughs> faction best combat the disgusting, revolting plague on the galaxy and our race that is neoliberalism? Uh, by exterminating it with overwhelming firepower of tanks and giant fucking robots. And Alex, same question. In its maverick and truly breathtaking um, a consolidation of neoliberal ideology with the antagonists of the system, this is why cornate neoliberalism, which exists in AOS, is so much more of a better take. Than oh my the... god, the Stormcasters are the biggest fucking libs that Games Workshop ever made. <laughs> Holy oh, shit, yes. you, you are the biggest libs. You are the libs. <laughs> well, it, it, it's true that... that it's the, lib... it's the, AOS is the game of the libs. You are the libs. You'd, that, have, to, that, you'd that... have to end times your own age of Sigma self. That, that's your number one. We, we gotta let them finish well, before we well, that... really start bouting in. Is, is then the uh, 40k the game for fascists because it has fascists as protagonists? Um, the, the only difference, that the, the distinction that I was trying to make is that 40k seeks to paint chaos, which is the ultimate antagonist. And you can argue about this as much as you want. But both systems share chaos framed as the baddie, no matter how many times you want, wish to reappropriate it. The difference is, in 40k, it is painted as this anarchistic force of, um, of, of disparate people coming together to fight against the Imperium, and that is somehow bad. Now, on the Age of Sigmar side, you have the coercive forces of neoliberalism, uh, and especially um, uh, manifested in Korn, the oppressive uh, skull quotas, the job interview-like um, bureaucracies that exist within the lower levels of the Bloodbound. And just in this one faction you have crystallized, the real meat of of um of a uh, a, a satirical impulse against the uh, the rampant neoliberal uh, uh, predatory ideology, and that's not even getting into stuff like the flesh eater courts and the Skaven, which uh, you know 40k could not hope to um, even compete with such uh, uh, such um, pertinent criticisms of both uh, bootlicking uh, civility fetish ideology and capitalism. I think you both have made some very good points. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to sit on it for a little bit. Let it stew. I think I'll be. I'll be real with you, Alex. You had some kind of lost me at the beginning uh, of your opening statements with uh, all that pedantics and stuff. I almost near. I fell asleep. But then 
you know, you came back at the end to really discuss some really nuanced political systems. And I think Sam also had some really good... The Sam Southern lawyer charm really got <laughs> to me as well. And I, 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 I just can't decide. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm a damsel in distress. I cannot. I cannot feel. I cannot act. I do not know so, so far. So I, I, I would like to specify that within the parameters of the question, which was asked for a specific faction, Alex failed to stick with a consistent faction and failed to stick within the parameters, therefore being disqualified from the debate. Too many good ones. Uh, it's a it's a poverty of riches. Oh, you mean oh, you mean like the uh, the factions that have like two whole models, like the Lions of Crace, which are oh so diverse. Yeah. You've got whole. You've got factions that are just like one singular model. Oh man, I can't wait to start this one faction that has one fucking model that's twenty uh, years old. Um, f- fucking hell! Excuse me. What about like Yuned, who have like three models and they're all heroes? This, this uh, is some. Uh, the triumvirate you need also allies with every single race of technically every single craft war. Well, yes, or that's because, units are well, that's allied because them. 40k has bullshit allies rules where everything is just a soup of of various kind of things that you, everything is gumbo in 40k. Whereas in AOS you have you have sophisticated palettes, right? Um, and there's nothing wrong with gumbo inherently. You can have gumbo in AOS too, but the fact that the game pushes you to make everything gumbo, like would you have gumbo for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Is, is this the kind of world you want to live in? Okay, but if you're not including if you're including the ally system, the detachment system as gumbo within it, I mean, but you have so many flavors when you got the ally. And that way you're able to spice it up. In Age of Sigmar, what do you have? You have you can have your one main faction. So that way you can have the same fucking flavor every single day. And we're talking about the ally system. Oh, you play Stormcast Eternals. Well, it's true, they can ally with anybody, but you're going to lose half your abilities when you add somebody else. And in the, yeah, 40k, you keep all of your powers, all of your stratagems, all of your tactics, all your tactics, all of your weapons and stuff. Stormcast Eternals, as soon as you go over that, uh, what is it, that 25%, 15% threshold, suddenly your Stormcast Eternals start sucking a whole lot fucking more it's like versus 40k you can combine mix and match with whatever you want if you want if you want the uh, the pure same space marines every single day god be god emperor be with you but you know if you want to kind of buy some imperial knights maybe take some guard for a spin take them because that's custodian sisters of battle official assassinorium uh the inquisition gray knight space wolf blood angels ultramarine salamanders white scars all that stuff you can combine all that to make one beautiful dish if you so to Sigma, on the other hand, you have Stormcast Eternals, Stormcast Eternals, or Stormcast Eternals. Oh boy! Which, oh, ex- which whoa, 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 okay. No, I'm, I'm not going to let you have this. Are you saying that there's the ratio of Stormcast to other factions is larger than the Imperium to other factions? Because if that's your contention, I think you may have done maths wrong at some point there. My my contention was that, of course, that if you're sticking in terms of gaining wise and stuff, you have okay. Let's say you you have to have a Deepkin, and this Deepkin, and this Deepkin, and you can only have like a smattering smattering of uh, some other ally from a faction that nobody cares about like the Sylvaneth. Okay, so I think I've got that right. So um, let me see if I've got your point right here. You're saying that Age of Sigmar is bad because it lacks the specificity of 40k. But the game 40k is good because it lacks the specificity of Age of Sigmar. I didn't say that at all. I said that's <laughs> creative. It, it seems like you were saying that. Um, I, I'm just pointing out logical inconsistencies. Um, so yes, uh, owned with facts and logic, Lib. Yeah. Hmm. That doesn't even fit within the thing of that, what I was arguing. You're just taking the point and you're just trying to make your own thing like a straw man sort of deal. Because I, I remember the point you made previously. I do not have a goldfish brain. Um, I have a <laughs> sort of lemur kind of, let's say, uh, young puppy sort of Labrador brain. That's kind of where I'm at. 
<laughs> oh, you smooth brain, Age of Sigmar simpleton. But I'll let you have your game, you know, before Games Workshop decides to squat the whole thing and get rid of all of your models. So that'll be No, I'm, I'm looking forward to 40k end times. It's gonna be fun. Maybe they'll yes. make it better and, and get rid of all the Primarchs. Get rid of the Imperium, actually. Yes, make it no. all about Tau and Elder. That'll be fun. Tau, Elder, Tyranids. Age of Talmar. Well, I mean, I mean that would be, I mean, of course, those that would be a cool conflict, and I do hope the writers, who are numerous and many, would make stories involving those three. But the end times will never happen to 40k. After all, we are in the Dark Imperium as a moment. So, of course, the times may be dark, and ahead, we'll always persevere straight through as we always have. Funny how a game which claims to be grimdark never experienced the grimness of the world ending. It's more like sort of lukewarm grimdark. Well, it's in order temperature grim. It's, it's like a dusk dark. Well, yes, I think that's whole, correct. In order for the whole world to end, it would, have to be, it would have to be such a scale that it would be completely unbelievable versus Warhammer Fantasy, which exists a beloved faction only existed on a single planet. It's much easier to grit to... to to end times a single planet than it is to end times an entire fucking universe. There are other galaxies. I mean, the masterpiece uh, Mass Effect Andromeda showed us this. <laughs> All right. So before I don't think I think I think we got some time to stew on it. I'm gonna have to call this court into recess, and we'll have to go back out and uh, you know I'll talk to the moderators about the debate and everything, you know, and we'll come back to it. I'll, I'll give you my answer here, uh, and maybe yeah. maybe next episode. Yeah, you have, you have to you have to grade it on a ten point scale. Uh, who is the best best witness, best lawyer, one, two, or three? Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Just uh, the mock trial format. I mean, I'm also going to have to take off points for uh, logical inconsistencies and fallacies. You know. Sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> That's an ad hominem, sir. <laughs> uh, Alex, uh, in in conjunction with being wrong, I'm ready to be wrong with uh, whatever quiz you've uh, concocted. Mm. Yes, so I've got a little treat for you guys. Um, I have made a, uh, a a very difficult, hopefully, if if um, <laughs> if Sam didn't uh, call my bluff and research the exact right thing, um, I've got a quiz for you. Ooh. So um, I want to talk to you about one of the greatest, the, a, a truly legendary Chad of the old world, since we're talking about the sad destruction, and possibly one of the people I miss most. It is a uh, a member of the Ogre Kingdoms, um, a a character called Golgfag Maneater. Now I know that he, there's a slur in his name, so henceforth, um, and it's an unfortunate kind of part of his name that um, was clearly not thought about the right. I'll refer to him as Golg Pride Maneater. In honor of uh, Pride Month, which is just passing now, and will well, pass when it's um, uh, when this episode airs. But really, it's year round. You know, kick, kick transphobes and homophobes in the face, and that is something that our, our man Golg Pride Maneater would really support. Alert! This is a parody. Alex is definitely joking for sure. We, we here at Sig Marxism uh, do not like the turfs. I'm just saying that. No, we no we don't. Yeah, uh, yeah, we fucking hate them. Yeah, give, give, get throw a milkshake at the turfs. Again, joking. Right. What do you call a transphobe in space? Astroturf. Mm. Uh, there we a, go. Uh, the first anyway. good pun of the, the podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I, I'm not banging, uh, swinging a great average. Anyway, so the, the structure of this quiz is I'm going to uh, give you a question and then three answers. And you have to spot not the true, 
one, but the lie. So I'm going to give you um, uh, three answers, and and you have to select which you feel is not in keeping with the character of Golg Pride Maneater. So, question one. Golg Pride is a notorious boozer, has consumed more barrels of Bugman's brew than any most dwarfs have ever seen. Which of the following has not happened to him? So, A. After raiding Lorenzo Lupo's wine warehouse, Golg Pride was imprisoned in the Italian dungeon. B. After raiding Boris Todbringer's personal stash of wine, Golg, Pri- uh, Golg Pride was thrown in the dungeons of Middenheim. Or C. After raiding Ungrim Ironfist's convoy, Golg Pride drunk himself into oblivion and was thrown into a dwarf dungeon. Which of the following is false? Hmm. C. Ungrim, I- Ungrim with this, the dwarven dungeon. I'm going to go with B. I'm going to go say B was it. And with, with an upset to Danny is the person who's got the first point. Uh, you were incorrect. Oh, hell yeah. Dan. He was indeed thrown into uh, Ungrim's dungeon, and we may get more about that um, coming up in this quiz. Mm. Question two. Where, to the best of our knowledge, has Golg Pride not been? A. Cathay, which is like the... It, it's basically China, but not in the setting. It, it's basically mm. China, yeah. yeah. B. Skaven Blight. Or C. Ulthuan. Ulthuan being the, uh, the, the land of the High Elves. Uh, you answered first last time, so I'll have to do it. Um, yeah. I think Ulthuan. I don't think he's oh. been with the High Elves. Okay, uh, so you've answered C. Uh, I would also answer C, because I don't think he'd be able to get into Ulthuan from what I know about it. Okay, so both of you answer C, and you're both wrong, actually. He Ooh. did get into Ulthuan, and he stole some of their wine. <laughs> um, the correct answer was a Cathay, to our knowledge. We don't know he's been to Cathay. Um, it is likely that he has because he's wandered the entire globe, but no details uh, surrounding this I could find. Mm. So, question four. Uh, oh, sorry, question three. Golga Pride makes liberal use of other people's body parts. Which of the following has he not done? In order to survive a, in order to survive a scrap with his orc employers, Golga Pride tore off the arm of the boss and beat his way out of the camp with it. B. In order to survive imprisonment in Ungrim's dungeon, Golga Pride. Ate, ate his best mate's leg, or C, when his ship sprang a leak on the coast of Sartosa, Golg Pride used the head of one of his favorite nobblers to plug the hole. So, so B is just he ate his leg. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna say that's the incorrect one because I'm pretty sure he would eat everything alive. Hmm. Uh, and what would you what would you say, Danny? I'd say A. I don't think that he did that. I th- I think B and C are both. Fine. I think A is one I'm a little bit fishy about. Okay. Well, unfortunately, both of you are incorrect. The correct answer is C. He never stuffed his nobler mate, uh, his head down the plug hole. And in fact, there's a uh... funny story about his. The re- he ate his best mate's leg, and has henceforth made him the standard bearer in his troop. So he has something to lean on. So he's a <laughs> he's a good guy. Uh, question five: Which of the following is true? He ate all of his comrades, but saved their entrails and fashioned a rope to climb out. He ate all his comrades, and Ungrim was so impressed he let him go. He started eating all his comrades, but the jailers let him out to cause so much trouble. Or, uh, Golg Pride digs his way into another cell where he meets a priest. Over the years, the two form a close friendship, and the priest gives him an extensive education in language, culture, and science. When the priest dies, a heartbroken Golg Pride takes his place in the corpse sack, manages to escape, later assumes the identity of the Count of Chunky Cristo in order to infiltrate Ungrim's court and engineer elaborate revenge. That last one seems very specific. <laughs> uh, you're first, Danny. Um... The last one seems like if I choose that, it's going to be a trap. That's the trap one. And D is wrong. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's actually a C. I'm going to say they were like so horrified that they let him out. Okay, uh, I'm, you've chosen I'm, C. I'm saying B. Ungram let him out. 
Yes, and now you are on even points um, oh, because Ungrim was so impressed that Gold Pride ate all of his mates. He was like, "Yeah, this, this guy's pretty cool. Let's let him out." Um, and then Ungr- and then uh, Gold Pride uh, stole some of his uh, alcohol on his way out because he's mm. just that cool. Where'd um, you steal his D from? Like, that's very obviously from something, and I'm very, um, very concerned. I, I was hoping that the Count of Chonky Cristo pun would would go uh, noticed, but no. I, I suppose not. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, so and so, last question also only has one correct answer. What is Golg Pride Maneater's favorite food? Is it A, humans, B, halflings, C, tinnies, which is what he calls Bretonians, or D, he's too polite to say? Him killing the Bretonians would be really funny. I mean, he does eat everything, but what is his favorite? Well, uh, from what I know about Maneater, I don't think he would be too polite to say. Though that would be very funny. Uh, halflings kind of make sense because they're short and stout, and you could imagine him eating one whole. Though, I mean, technically humans and Bretonians are both humans, so, I mean, that's... You want to talk about fallacies. <laughs> you know, well, perhaps it, he has a more specific... It's it's possible to have a favorite flavor as chocolate, or a favorite flavor as chocolate chip. Right, right. Chocolate no, chip no. ain't a flavor. That's fascist. Well, I didn't say that was my favorite flavor. I'm saying there are some degenerate freaks out there whose favorite flavor <laughs> is chocolate chip. I mean, I'm just stating facts. Talk about ice cream, but like saying like chocolate chip is a flavor is like what? That don't, that don't make no sense. Uh, who? I, I mean, it doesn't matter. Ice cream isn't keto. It's not for me. Um, <laughs> not, not, is it? Wait, is it ketogenic or ketogenic? Keto, keto because it's like the ketones. Um, See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Danny knows. I only know this because of some science. Um, You know, I'm going to say, because it's probably the funniest to imagine him doing it, I'm going to say halfling. Okay, so you choose B, halflings. What about you, Danny? I I actually was going to choose B, too, because I think that Maneater is supposed... You were trying to throw us off with his name is Maneater. And I'm like, well, it is man eater. <laughs> well, I know, I know, I know, and that's that's trying to throw us off by thinking that you know he's his favorite food is men, but probably it's actually halflings because he's a bit more nuanced than that. So you both chosen B, and that is in fact correct. Uh, they are his awesome. favorite food. Oh, okay, um, cool. That so, is funny too. Does he eat them whole? Does he just like uh, shove them down his goal? He, or he, he doesn't quite manage to eat them whole. Uh, most likely, he takes uh, nibbles here and there. Oh well, then um, gold pride sucks. <laughs> Oh, you, come on, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm You're just... You're the people's happy. champion. I'm just having a laugh. Anyways, uh... Sam is now cancelled from the podcast after hating on Gold Pride. <laughs> now, uh, the winner of this quiz is whoever was keeping score, because I wasn't. Uh, we, we, we tied. Okay. Oh, no, 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 Sa- Sam has one more point than me. Where, where did I get the extra point? I only got one right other than the last one. I'll, I'll give you a tide, tidebreaker, which I cut from my original um, lot. Uh, Jesus Christ! I mean, whether my my quizzes are easy or hard, they end up with fucking ties. Um, <laughs> this is just because we can't count. We got we got a, your, your poor math skills are rubbing off on us, Alex. No, it is a tie. Oh God! This is like let's let's not do too many more debate episodes. My 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 mind is gone. Anyway, um, <laughs> more than usual. Which of the following is not uh, one of Gold Pride's mottos? Um, so A. You've tried the rest, now try the best. B, gut first, boys. Or C, feed me, feed me now. Uh, Danny, you are going first this time. It's definitely B. Lock it in, B. Okay, so you say B. Feed me, feed me now. See, like, I feel like feed me, feed me now is 
like I feel like that one's like almost like you would think it's his because he's a man eater, but it's not really. But it's not like a motto. He, I feel like I feel like Gold Pride wouldn't be telling people to feed him. He would just eat them. But you've tried the rest, and now the best kind of sounds like an orc thing. Granted, like they're similar in terms of styles. Uh, yeah, just to just to make it different, I'm gonna say uh, C. So feed me, feed me now. And the answer is, uh, Danny, you score the point winning the quiz. Uh, the fake one is gut first, boys. Um, so, Danny, congratulations for winning the quiz. This is where we turn our uh, our scrutinizing gaze back to Sam. So why don't you you tell us what you you want, Sam? Well, well, I'm I'm kind of tired of. Um... I have a lot of. I've been playing for a while, and I've collected a lot of armies over set time. Uh, I'm not going to give how much, because <laughs> that would be the truly that, that would be the truly the greatest cell phone I could do would be mm. describe how many miniatures I have. So um, we're going to call this section uh, "Sam Paint Your Fucking Minis," which is where right. Alex and Danny. I'm going to give it up to you. Have to come up with a set, uh, a punishment for me that I have to do on this podcast or you know record at a different time. Uh, and if I don't paint, if I don't paint anything, I, well, actually, Alex and Danny, you decide like how much I should have to paint. It has to be it has, it has to be like within a reasonable amount within a week, one week. I think that if he doesn't paint anything, we have to make him play Age of Sakmar. <laughs> I, I, I would say we could copy the the Chapo punishment. He has to touch the poop, but he handles his forty k codex on a regular basis, so he kind of already does that. Ooh, got him, dab. Yeah, I didn't totally just come up with that off the air and just try it again. Um, <laughs> you but... didn't come up with that like an hour ago and then try it now. <laughs> try to pass it off as your own, yeah. Well, it wasn't my he own. Did, it, it was so. Alex of the past. Uh, are, I, you I should... that, are you saying that it works like teleportation, where every sort of hour that progresses, Listen. your body dies entirely, and I'm a new sentient being? I'm saying that our past selves are not really us. All I'm saying, I'm saying that we need to choose love instead of hate. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that's convenient for me because I've done a lot of murder. Um, but so I would ask. I think it's it's fair that um, Sam first describes which of his minis he is planning to uh, to, to put to, down to the paintbrush, so we can get some context to then make the uh, the demands. So, what is it that you want us to uh, blackmail you to paint, basically? Okay. Um, well, I have a f well. Right now, I'm working on my Imperial Guards. So, uh, right now, I'm working on Lehman Russes and Guardsmen. Though I I am legitimately waiting. <laughs> on third-party bits in order to make the Guardsmen. So, right now... That, that really... sounds like a, a reasonable excuse, although I am dubious. I'll, uh, you'll have to send me your... I'll have to send you the... Uh, I'll send you the Royal Mail um, package. The, release the, the emails. I'll release the, I'll release the tracking code. For it to, and whenever it arrives, then I'll have to own up and actually paint the, the Guardsmen. So, right now, all I really... Yeah, I have my... I have Space Marines I probably want to work on, or Dreadnoughts. Or my Lehman Russes. I think the, I think the Lehman Russes. I want, I want him to do the Lehman Russes. Oh, what what if he has to play like uh what he what if he has to play like World of Tanks if he doesn't play in his re Lehman Russes? Is that really a punishment though? That's like oh you have to play a video game. No 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 no. Oh well here's here's a better one. You have to play the video game. Oh fuck. No 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 no. I'm trying to think of a good one because you're right. That's not too much of a punishment. 
RuneScape oh. Classic. He has to level up a RuneScape Classic character to 99 on at least one thing. Oh, <laughs> that's going to take fucking forever. <laughs> yeah, you won't be able to paint, and then we'll, we'll get you in this constant cycle of forcing you to play more RuneScape painting because you'll play a RuneScape. This podcast slowly becomes a RuneScape podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, okay, how about this? Um, so, like, serious question. Who is your favorite Primark? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I mean, there is there is a reason for this. Um, sure, right. Uh, favorite prime probably. Uh, I think Angron's the coolest. Okay, so Angron. Um, now, uh, I would. So, well, what I was going to do is whatever the, the discovery order of Angron, you have to paint that many guardsmen. Oh, okay. So it's past ten. It is past ten. Yeah, he's he's pretty late on there. Okay, well, you you chose incorrectly then. All right, um, you have to paint 12 Imperial Guardsmen on top of a Lehman Russ. Hmm. Does that sound like a fair uh, demand? Okay, uh, well, I don't have the bits yet. I okay. I don't know when the bits... You could just make it two Lehman Russes, I guess. Yeah, we 12 Lehman Russes, you say? Okay. We could, we can... <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. I'll, I'll have to paint two Lehman Russes punishment. Indeed. So, um, so one Lehman Russ for sure, and then either twelve Guardsmen or another Lehman Russ. Now, Danny, uh, we've got the exciting part of the wager coming up. Do you want to add anything yourself with you with your uh, Zuma brain, which is uh, completely psychotic from playing too much Fortnite? We, we can make him have to sculpt a uh, Primaris Marine dabbing, which will probably take a very long time. It would be rewarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. You have to. Um... No, you have to you have to actually uh, sculpt a, a marine doing the default dance from Fortnite. <laughs> just clap and just. Mm. See, that costs money though. I'd have to buy an intercessor just to ruin it. <laughs> okay, all right. Hmm. Um, you could watch uh three seasons of the Shield. I know I'm I, I was going to force you to watch all uh, seven, but maybe three is more fair. Three seasons of the Shield. Jeez. <laughs> add on. Add on. Mm. Add on to that the movie Red Tails. At least my <laughs> least favorite movie. If you don't if you don't paint it, you have to watch Red Tails. Which one's Red Tails? The one about the Tuskegee Airmen made by George Lucas. Oh Jesus, that one. Okay. God it's damn. real bad. Oh yeah, I've I, I've heard about that. It's either it's either how about how about this? Uh our it's our choice. If you don't paint it, it's, you have to watch our choice of either Red Tails or uh Pearl Harbor. Alright, sure. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Red Pearl Harbor. You know they actually showed that in school. Oh no! Why? Yeah, on Pearl Harbor Day. <laughs> on Pearl Harbor, as respect for respect the troops. Though maybe maybe the teacher was actually like a Marxist, you know, by disrespecting the troops so much by showing the Michael Bay film. <laughs> That's full D chess. Yeah, yeah, the, the twelve D chess. You know, pretending you respect the troops, but actually. But actually, hating on the troops by showing God off Ben Affleck uh, as a love triangle with some other white guy over a white girl, uh, and they're both boring as shit. Imagine if we took Pearl Harbor, this national tragedy, and made it into a man. Do, yeah. do you own um, a Space Marine uh, like shoulder pad decals by any chance? Uh, well, you yeah, I, do. I mean, yeah, I do because I have uh, Space Marines. So yeah, okay. All if ultra you, range, how yeah. about this? This punishment: uh, you have to watch um, either Red Tails and Pearl Harbor, and put Ultramarines decals on your iron hands. Mm. Oh, that, oh, that really sucks. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll take off, take it up on that. 
All right, all right, there all right. we go. We'll check in with you next week and see if you did it. All right. Uh, well, we'll record next episode uh, two weeks from now. Uh, well, get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah. Which should be um, by our uh, review of Galaxy in Flames. Is that right? Because we, we, the what we're doing is every fourth episode, we're doing an in-depth book review like we had with um, Horus Rising and False Gods. Yes. Yeah, so this is two, and the next one's going to be the third. Then after that, will be Galaxy in Flames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... so. Uh, Stay tuned for that, gang. Um, all one of our fans. Uh, I love you, Mum. Um, yeah, we, we love you. Yeah, we love you, JP, who always comments on our Twitter. Yeah. Shout yeah. out. Shout out. Alrighty. So, this has been an episode of the Sick Marxism Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, if you want to listen to more episodes, check us out at sigmarxism.com. Uh, we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube. We are on Facebook and Twitter at SigMarxismPod. Uh, if you have any emails for us, send them to podcast at SigMarxism.com. You know, feel free to check out the subreddit. Uh, after that, you know, message one of the mods and join the Discord. Join us in the shitposting on DNC debates. Um, anything to add for that, uh, Alex and Danny? Anything you want to share with the world? I, 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 I like that, that I got to be the center of attention. <laughs> That's always what I like. You, you are the people's favorite. Well, I, aside from our normal message, which we'll get to, I have one other message for GW, which is um, don't skip the leg day, do squats. Yeah, he's going to squat your army. Your army's squat, gone. Oh, squat all the 40k. Squat yeah. it, 40k, 40 cold, bro, is, is broke. It's all about uh, <laughs> uh, swollness. Uh, so remember to squat. Squat a lot. GW's going to squat all of your Age of Sigmar of army. We only need a few space marines. I mean, there's too much of them. Come on, let's get rid of a few. Alrighty, uh, this has been Sam. This has been Sick Marxism Podcast. Thank you for listening. And as always, Nationalized Games Workshop. Nationalized Games Workshop. Nationalized Games Workshop. The homo sex.